What up? I'm Ebro Darden. This is Songs for Life, the show where we ask our guests to choose 10 songs that have soundtracked the key moments in their life. Earlier this year, before the world shut down due to COVID, I traveled to London to meet with Anthony Joshua. He's the current WBA, WBO, and IBF heavyweight champion of the world. But his life could have taken a different path. Raised on a tough London estate, he narrowly avoided jail twice. But his raw potential was discovered at a local gym, and his rise to success has been steep. In 2012, he won gold for Team GB at the London Olympics. And since then, his record has been incredible. 23 fights, 22 wins, 21 knockouts. His only loss, a shock defeat to Andy Ruiz Jr. last year. But six months later, Joshua reclaimed his titles in the rematch. Next up is possibly the biggest fight in a generation. Joshua against Tyson Fury to become the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. To hear all the songs in this episode, search for the playlist Songs for Life on Apple Music. Anthony Joshua is in the room. This is Songs for Life. What's going on, man? It's good to be here. Today, we're going to be going through 10 songs that Anthony Joshua has selected. Mm -hmm. But each of these songs represents something or, or in a period in your life. Correct. I just want to start by saying your last 10 years have been, I mean, incredible, right? Becoming one of the most world-renowned boxers that the sport has seen, man. How does that feel sitting here now? It's starting to make sense. Yeah. When you're head down, plowing through, nothing makes sense because you don't have time to look up and see what's being created. I'm just head down. I'm 30 years old now. I started when I was 18 and the wheel just started turning straight away. Challenge after challenge, competition after competition, trials and tribulations after trials and tribulations, a loss on the way, a victory on the way. But now it's starting to make sense. And now I'm coming to the last stage of my career. I'm 30 years old. It just means that I'm at a stage where I can create real legacy that my name will live on beyond my physical form. When you're setting up for a fight, like mm -hmm. the last one you had, and you know it's highly anticipated, there's a lot on the line. Are you hearing what's going on? Set the stage for me. What's going on in the dress room in your mind? With the rematch? Yeah. You hear everything. But it's all purpose for where I am now. So at the stage... And at the time, I'm walking out and I'm hearing the greats, the all-time greats saying, Joshua's crazy for taking the rematch. Um, who are his team for letting him step back in the ring so soon? He should have had a warm-up fight before. You know, British fighters are weak. Mm. He can't come and defeat Andy Ruiz. He's got the quickest hands in the division. But I knew I could beat him. I knew it was just a blip in my career and I trusted my instinct to take the rematch like that. You chose uh, Fela Kuti. Yeah. This was the walkout music to the rematch, Water Get No Enemy. Yeah. Why did you select this song? When I went to Nigeria the first time in maybe like 17 years, I went there as a non-champion. Mm. And it was, it was fine to go back, but people say, why did you come back as a non-champion? I say, because you respect me as a person. Whether I have the belts or not, don't ever judge me for that. You respect me first. So that was my message as well. And it was just the right time. When you're winning, everyone wants a PC. When I had lost, I had more time to do what I wanted to do. So it was just a time to go back and see family and friends. But I met Fella's son and he was advising me about listening to righteous music, music that feeds the soul. Because they say you digest not only what you eat, you digest what you see and you digest what you hear. 
So it's all information that's being digested. So the music was more righteous. Like So with Water No Get Enemy was um, no matter what happens and no matter what goes on in life, like be like water. Water doesn't have no enemy. If you drown, your parents will still drink water. If the water burns your skin, you're still going to shower the next day. Water doesn't get no enemy. So be like water. I'm going to step back in the ring like water. We're still going to float. That was the reason behind the ring watching. Joshua, first song, Fela Kuti, Water, No Get, Enemy. In your childhood, growing up, uh, both your parents are Nigerian? Yeah. What music was in the house? Bob Marley, um, that was it. My dad, growing up, was a Rasta. My mom never really played music in the house. Really? Like yeah, it's interesting. So I it was all dad? Yeah, dad's more like the inspiration as such. Mom's more loving, nurturing. Son can do no wrong. So when I was getting in trouble, remember people, my aunties and what might call my mum, like, oh, you need to speak to your son. He's doing this, he's doing that. But mum would always have my back. Dad was more the inspiration, like the motorbikes, chain, Rasta, Big Josh. They called him Big Josh in the area, you know. So he was more the inspirational figure. What's your earliest memory in Watford? I would say the, the Get Set Club. So my dad, as a Rasta, they used to have like a big studio, Sound system. Big sound systems and what like this, but like floor to ceiling, old school. Yeah. Like, like probably five people carry up the stairs, plug it in, and they'll just go there and just listen to reggae music all day. And that was like their community of all the rasters and stuff like that. And I just remember rolling with my pups. At around uh I guess eleven, that was when you went to Nigeria for six yeah. months. Yeah. Why did that happen? So what happens I think where parents find it difficult is that let's say you're earning a thousand pound a month in the UK. But rather than just getting the best things here in the UK and establishing yourself, it'll be the situation where they're still trying to build back home. So, so there was going back and forth. So my mom wanted to go back and do some business there. So what I thought was a holiday was actually me going to school. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, that's just the way it is in a lot of these communities where it's like, it's home to my mom. But for me, I remember just crying, walking down this long stretch of about 300 metres into boarding school. A complete culture shock. When I say culture shock is because of the way of the Nigerians. When you land at Nigerian airport, you know you're in Nigeria. Yeah. Like, you know you're on your own. No police can save you. No, no, you know what I mean? you got to make sure you got your people. Yeah. You know who you're dealing with. Someone's coming to pick you up, that type of vibe. So when I got there, it was just like a massive culture shock that this isn't a territory I'm familiar with. So I just had to pick it up quickly. And I settled in quick. And before I know it, um, I was back in the UK because my mom's business didn't go to plan. And here we are again. We're back to the estate with my friends. I've just got a bit more of a Nigerian accent behind me now. Yeah. yeah um, it was a good experience. And that was, a lot, that was the last time I went since uh, last year, August. And this time I went back as champion. Right. So it was important. I took my belts out there, you know, connected with the people. So yeah, it means a lot that we went there. My cousin went there. My son went there for the first time. So 
stuff like that. So it's good. Uh, speaking of your son, y'all get to watch TV together. You guys big TV watchers. Your son is someone we get to see in your personal life. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm not so much of a TV watcher. Neither is his mum. She does more like mathematics and stuff like oh, that. Really? With him. Yeah. What did you watch as a kid? I watched uh, Keenan and Kel. I watched... Um, What's that other one? Clarissa, Moesha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else would I watch? I think it would just get home and put on Nickelodeon yeah. or Cartoon Network. You have on here childhood song, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song. Still a classic to this day. So you know all the lyrics? Yeah, 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 yeah. So when I turn it on, you're going to rap the whole joint right now? I'm only going to have to. It's only right. It's only <laughs> yeah, right. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Yo, you know in America, yeah. on like if you at the right party, yeah. they'll throw this on at the party. You see what I'm saying? Because everyone knows that Everybody song. Everybody knows it the whole thing. It connects to their childhood. Absolutely. Now this is the story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And lies, I take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became a prince of a town called Bel-Air. Yeah. <laughs> this is when your mom would say, turn that down. <laughs> do you know what I was thinking? Huh? You know who could do a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air now? Who? Prince Harry. And Meghan Markle. Yo. <laughs> How sick would that be? Yeah. From the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air to the... Yeah. Back to the hood. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. The, the, the flip. <laughs> yeah, the other, the other flip. I don't want my family's money. They moved to like Compton. <laughs> and Harry and Meghan Markle are in Compton. <laughs> Kendrick pulls up. You know what I'm saying? TDE's outside hanging out. Basically, they need to make a new Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, no. It'll be, it'll be incredible if they bring it back. Mm-hmm. Um, In the UK... You said there was a lot of guys that you, in the neighborhood in that school, all athletes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were seen as one of the most athletic guys at the time, or were you just kind of one of the top guys? Just one of the top guys. I think when you're younger, everyone can run fast. Everyone can play soccer. Yeah. Everyone can excel in sport, but it's just who, who can afford the right trainers, who can afford the right equipment. Who can afford the after-school club now and again? That's what separates people apart. But And how was it for you? Did you get those extra... Like, did you want to do something else other than boxing that you... Soccer. You wanted to play football. Yeah. Yeah. But then the problem with soccer was football was... Um, where it's a team game, when I... So I was 15. A couple of my friends are older than me. Started smoking, going out. Obviously, they left school now. So now they got their ID. They're going clubbing. They're telling me, yo, it's lit. Trust me, this is where you need to be. And where football's a team game, I could go out on a Friday night and when I'm playing Saturday, you know, you, ah, gaffer, my hamstring, you know, sub, but you're just really tired from the last night's party antics. But with boxing, it's individual, you know, so there was no hiding. And that's when I had to give up all the distractions that I had in my life. So football was really important to me but it gave me too much window to slack. And I had substitutes. I had people I can call up on. With boxing, you don't have that luxury. And that's where it gave me that, you know, pinpoint focus that if I'm going to do this, I have to give it everything i got. In 2009, you were in prison for two weeks. Yeah. A couple more weeks. Nothing nothing major. Yeah, nothing major. Nah, nah. I was just, I was on, um, so I'd been charged. Um, so I'm, it's what we call remand. So they're holding you. In a secure to location. Out what yeah, so obviously you can't have an influence on on any of the case goings and you can't go and see certain people to make sure that, you know, so, so that's just how it is. That time when you were in prison, it was two weeks. Mm-hmm. What do you remember from that moment? I just knew, like, um, 
I think I was looking at 15, 15 years. I thought I'd do that easy. So I just, I, I would have been out maybe like two years ago. So I was like, cool, no problem. If it's, if it's guilty, it's guilty. Really? Yeah, it's just a mindset, isn't it? So my mindset was in a different place. So I was just, you know, don't do the crime if you can't do the time type of mindset. And then I remember this like little kids, not kids, but people my age that were hyped. You know that one kid that's at the back just shouting, like, we're just trying to chill. This is our time out of the cell. And then and I look back and he's like, what are you looking at? I said, what, who are you talking to? Do you know what I mean? And like, hey. Also, because I didn't have none of my my um, stuff back then, so it's like basic. I remember having to use butter on my lips because my lips were chapped. Mm. You know, I don't have no cream or nothing. I don't really know no one, so I've got to use butter. You you boil your milk in the kettle or your food, stuff like that. Right. So you start learning and like quickly start picking up. But when I got bell, that's when I started... Um, learning how to box and lift weights. Because I thought if I'm going to do a long sentence and I've got these little idiot kids in the jail, I'm going to come in now, I'm going to back myself. got to be ready. Yeah, so I started pumping weights. Me and my cousin, he used to come over to mine and we bought one of these, um, you know, these all-in-one weight machines. Yeah. So we just put it in the living room and we'd just be bench pressing and listening to like Papoose, 50 Cent, Get Rich or Die Trying. You know, I didn't have a clue. I just thought it was like, bench press and press ups then he showed me shoulder press delts and all <laughs> you know what I mean then I said yeah now now I'm about my business signed up to one of these hard man gyms because I was on tag obviously I'm out on bell conditions so I've got the tag on my legs so I have to be home at eight o'clock every day I was in a strict routine at a time when I was only 17 18 and I think that's what helped me with my boxing that when I came off of tag I was already in the position where I was ready to take off with boxing and I just had to kind of, whatever work the devil had for me, I had to block out and stay focused on a righteous path. And that's still a battle today, but I know how to manage it. You picked uh, Nas, Mastermind. Mm. Is that one of those records that at that time? Trust me, this whole, this whole, this whole enterprise is about Mastermind. Um, boxing was never the struggle for me. I always knew how to fight. I think that's just a hustler's mindset. When it, when it was fighting, I just find a way, find a way, find a way. But I think you have to be a mastermind in all aspects. It's a 360. I don't believe in being good at boxing, but your home life is is bad or your room's messy or you're not organized or you're always running late and stuff like that. I think to be a mastermind, you have to have the whole 360 covered and um, you become unstoppable. A mastermind sees it coming before it comes. Before we go to war, you count as one. Everything planned out perfect. In case you got to get murdered. Sleeps at night, real easy. Cause everything he does is by the book. Mastermind. Never do a thing irrational. Lives forever. These tales are classical. Classic. Yo, you should walk out to this, yeah. man. Yeah. Yo, you know how much love you were getting in the hood if you walked out business to cards. <laughs> Start handing Yo, out business cards bro. while I'm on my nah, way to the ring. Just walk out. Yo, honestly, you should walk out in just a suit and tie. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> or that Jay-Z Nas swag, Yo, yeah. walk out in a suit and Proper. tie, son. Well, that's what I'm saying. As, as Jay-Z said, I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. Business man. Yeah, man. You got to do it. That's what we're trying to get to. Do you remember the first time that you put on boxing gloves? A few times. We used to box in the car parks. <laughs> we used to box uh, outside our shop. Um, but... When I just have a few memories of just getting beaten up early on. By who? Just 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 people who were more experienced than me in the gym. Remember, like I didn't start off where I was today. Right. I started off. I couldn't even skip. I didn't even have my rhythm skipping. So 
I started off in the mirror like this. Jab, bring it back to your head. Right hand, that's how we started off. When you first start boxing, mm -hmm. you're an athlete already. Yeah. Did something click and go, yo, 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 I'm about to... Or did somebody tell you that this path was for you? Like, how did you know that boxing was your path? Couple things, I think. Me and my cousin, we made a truce. We, we noticed that everyone was buying all the gear, but had no idea. So we said, until we have our first fight, we're not going to claim we're boxers. Because it was cool when we was all like from the local gym and we used to go out on the weekend, we'll be telling all the girls, yeah, we do a bit of boxing with boxers. Do you know what I mean? Like getting the love, you know what I'm saying? But none of us have ever had a fight yet. We're all still training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So until I had my first fight, I never claimed myself as a boxer. But once I fought, I wore that shield of honour with pride. Yeah, so that was that was one. The second one is when I kind of stepped away from the hustling. I remember speaking to one of my pals and was like, I think I can make it at this boxing game. I think this boxing game's for me, you know. But you can't have one foot in and one foot out. I just wanted to take the full leap into this boxing world and just see how far I could take it. And um, that was it, really. Tell me about the Finchley Amateur Boxing Club. That's where I just come from now. My second home. That's what I call my first baby. I feel that when sometimes men have their first baby, i.e. their first daughter or their first son, it's a time for them when they make a transition in life. Like, yo, I've got to step my game up. I've got responsibilities now. But when I joined Finchley Boxing Club, that's when I said, yo, I've got to step my game up. I've got responsibilities now. So that was like my first baby. And I still nurture, you know, my, my talents in the same environment that I started off in 12 years ago. Are you playing this Rocky theme in there? Man, I, I think they're fed up. I think they're fed up with a Rocky theme. Yeah, you playing in there? Listen, when I used to go running, so you only have a dream and that dream and desire is the only thing that can outweigh nature, i.e. if a tsunami was to come um, from the sea, it's guaranteed to wipe out everything around it. However, that burning desire within you, that is survival, is an instinct that is... Now, it's a desire to live that goes against mother nature. And there's always that one person who lives to tell the story. And that burning desire I had with all the obstacles maybe that was in front of me, the burning desire outweighed any distractions, any obstacles that were out there for me because I was passionate about achieving that boxing. And this like Rocky song and the whole Rocky album embodies that hustle, that real fighters running up them Philadelphia rocky steps you know that that fire that desire that can't be denied you been there you been to those steps I'm gonna have to go yo I've pull up been. yo pull yeah. up so we got yo listen first of all if you ever showed up in a Philly boxing gym just on the love as a black man no matter what bruh Philly is a boxing yeah. city you know, I'm telling you if you show up yeah 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 like yeah. yo I'm, you know what I'm training whatever I'm gonna go work out for three weeks in Philly yeah but she's like, hey man, Deontay gonna bust your ass. I'm like, hey, what you say, fool? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take my head guard and my gloves out. Nah, 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 Anybody nah. can you get it. Philly, Philly, if you're watching this right now, stand down. It's nah, all good. Stand up. No, it's all good. We, we don't want none of that. No, 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 no. Then you gotta back your corner. Let's get this uh, fourth record on today. Songs for life. Bill Conti's gonna fly now. <laughs> the theme from Rocky. This song is the dream. Yeah. Boxing. Is something that you don't need much. You just need a good teacher, a little bit of ability, just a pair of trainers and some boxing gloves. And that's what the, the dream is about. The Rocky dream gonna fly now. We're gonna go all the way. 
sky's the limit. Heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah, this is when it gets tough. You're going uphill now. Got to outwork the pain. Whatever you're feeling, outwork it. If you swim, you're going to get wet. <laughs> yeah? Get used to it. We flow in adversity. When there's times of adversity, that's what winning feels like. Don't shy away from it. That's what we try and teach ourselves. That's what winning feels like. So this embodies all of that. That's what I'm saying. It's a great time to be a heavyweight. I'm happy that Fury won. It just changed the whole dimension of the heavyweight division. We're fighting for legacy. I need Wilder. I need Fury. I'm ready for them. I'm waiting for them. Come and get some. This is legacy. This is Rocky. That fire, I don't think it can die. I don't think it can ever die, man. Yeah, that record's incredible. Incredible. Yo. Incredible. Yo. And it's interesting to hear you so excited about the dynamics of the heavyweight division now. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, Wilder um, is a puncher. Yeah. Tyson, Fury is awkward. Like, you don't know when the punches are coming. It, Big guy. It's huge, awkward. Yeah. yeah. And then you are textbook. That's what they say. I got more of a textbook style. The textbook, jab, the, the European, yeah, textbook, jab, yeah, textbook style, right? Um, your dad. I'm a dad. I want to talk about the dad life, fatherhood. Yeah. Uh, tell me about your son JJ. My son JJ. So, I named uh, JJ Joseph Temilalua Prince Anthony Joshua, the firstborn, the man to carry my last name. Um, when I'm not here anymore, I hope he can continue what we stand for. Has he seen you fight? He come to Saudi Arabia. I don't know if he was actually ringside. That was the first time he come to one of the fights and he traveled to Saudi Arabia. So he was with his mum. I'm not too sure if um, she let him watch. But You just wanted him in the area. I think it's important. Yeah, I think it was important for him to be in the area. You want him to watch? Is that something, I mean, when it's time? Do you know what I want him to watch? Because I want him to learn how to deal with emotions. I want him to learn what his dad was up to. Every, you know, kid probably gets taken to work with their dad at some stage. So it's just a place of work for me. Uh, you picked uh, this record, uh, Will Smith, Just the Two of Us. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you're a fan of Fresh Prince Ballet. Yeah, we ran yeah. the whole theme song. Yeah. Um, but you picked uh, this song from Will Smith. Why? I always think that this song is something that has so much emotion when you listen to it, but until you actually have a kid, it starts making more sense. And I think fatherhood just gets better and better and better. So obviously we have a family and what we say is it takes a village to raise the kid. But if worse comes to worse and it's just the two of us, I got your back. And when you're in a position, I hope you have mine. From the first time the doctor placed you in my arms, I knew I'd meet death before I let you meet harm. Although questions arose in my mind, would I be man enough against wrong? Choose right and be standing up. From the hospital that first night, took an hour just to get the car seat in right. People driving off fast got me kind of upset. Got you home safe, placed you in your bassinet. That night, I don't think one wink I slept. As I slipped out my bed to your crib, I crept, touched your head gently. Felt my heart melt Cause I knew I loved you more than life Will Smith, just the two of us Running through Anthony Joshua's 
Songs for Life. How you doing today, sir? I'm feeling good. Come straight from the gym. It's yeah. a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me and hosting Yo, you're a professional. You trying to take my job? <laughs> you trying to take my job? You picking tunes. You got personality. Cracking jokes. And get me up out of here in a minute. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying not to get hit too much because, you know, boxing one down coming in like this next minute, I won't be able to string a sentence see, together. You see? You see? Yeah. Stay sharp. Stay I'm trying sharp. to stay sharp. I'm trying. Um, Going back to 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Taking a loss or having a potential catastrophe in your life mm. at this stage isn't foreign to you. Mm. Take me to the moment where you are on the street yeah. and you get stopped by the police. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I was boxing for the Olympic team for Great Britain. This is a year before the Olympics. And at the stage, I was earning about 500 pounds a month. And, you know, I'd seen more money than that before anyway. So it wasn't stuff that could keep me away from opportunities that came my way mm -hmm. at that stage in my life. It was a notorious estate as well. Mm -hmm. One of the Graham Park estate, a big estate in, in Northwest London. I'm in my GB tracksuit. I'm a young boxer. I was driving a Mercedes at the time as well, <laughs> cruising through the estate and then uh, undercover police. There was three officers, two out of them were cool, but there's always that one officer that's looking like, whatever this guy's talking about, he's, he's lying. I know he's up to something. So I was like, your car smells a bit. I was like, yeah, my uncle's a Rasta. You know how they do, they smoke weed. And I just dropped him off at the station. I said, I hate it. I'm trying to focus on the Olympics. He's <laughs> like, yeah, I know what you mean, man. I said, look, you got to stay focused. I was like, all right, I'll be on my way. Then I just see the guy come up with a big bag. Like, what's this? Ah. <laughs> I thought, should I run? Normally that's the case, but my whip was there, my phone. I was obviously part of the Olympic team. So I just dealt with it like a man. Yeah. Um, got charged. It was, you know, nine ounces. So, you know, personal use or whatever you want to call it. And then, uh, yeah, I done my community service. No, I got you, banned from the Olympic team though, which was a tough time. The reason I bring up that story is you fast forward to now where you get, you know, beaten yeah. By Andy Ruiz. You're facing, you got another L. Yeah. The world is looking at you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you learn during that process? I learned how to get smarter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was the most important thing. I had to get smarter. Secondly, change my car to flash. Right. <laughs> and that's why I think now, especially as a boxer, I know how to keep low key. I'm not too flash. I learned the art of bouncing back, most importantly. Did you apply any of that most recently, right? So you have this guy, his first loss, he took all your belts. Yeah. A guy that wasn't supposed to beat you. A guy yeah, that yeah. the world is like, get out of here, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we watch you get beaten. So now it's your opportunity to get your, your, your belts back. And you're in the dressing room. Are you processing what this means in your life? Trust your instincts. Trust my instincts. So let's say when I reverse back to when I was younger, like I knew... I shouldn't be messing around. At the time, I should have trusted my instincts and known where I'm going and what I want to achieve and use that as my burning desire to never be sidetracked. So in terms of when I lost to Andy Ruiz, I had to trust my instinct because there were certain aspects of my training and my training camps and how I wanted to develop as an athlete that were being challenged by other team members. But I knew what I needed to do. Mm. Where my instinct is always being challenged sometimes when you're fighting and you're training, I can't always fight against my instinct as well. So I just let other people use their instincts and I trusted in them. 
So then that's how they marry together now is. You know, when people are saying, trust me, bro, just this last time, da, 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 I say, I should be, no, no, this is it. I mean, and that's why I tied those two stories together because I'm sure that your childhood yeah. and that learning at that, because that could have been it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It could have been over for you. Yeah, maybe it could have been it. Maybe it could have been. I know I would have been a completely different person. That's for sure. I've just been big for nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? That big guy in my local area that it would have been the guy who could have. So what track should we get to right now from Nipsey Hussle? So I think we're going to go for seven days a week, Nipsey Hussle, the marathon continues. Now, where were you in the moment when you're playing this song? Where What was happening in your life? Wow. Paint the picture. So it's kind of relations back to the uh, Rocky theme, but it's a different kind of genre. There's only so many times I can play Rocky on my playlist. So then it just switched to this uh, marathon because I believe that this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And I love everything that Nipsey stood for and still stands for today. And I believe that the marathon continues. And i.e. when I took my loss, it don't stop here. The marathon must continue. So I kind of, it's like a relay. I dropped my baton, but we still got the last leg of the race to get to. And he was a real visionary. I remember watching the documentary on him when he's talking about Africa and jewels and just dropping knowledge. Do you know what I mean? In a place where being smart isn't looked upon as cool. And um, he was a man of wisdom for sure. So at that stage, it was when I was trying to get my mind right, trying to think about other acronyms than just fighting, trying to be a businessman. And um, but still trying to keep it gutter as well and stay true to my roots. Seven days a week, seven different freaks, but I got tired of feeling out. Watch smoke and count my cheeks. Watching Godfather let the couches flat screens. I say I'm on this marathon. She asked me what does that mean? Ain't no puffing pass, please. Roll your own, I do the same. Girl, get on that Marlon Brando and stop trying to pick my brain. Your boyfriend is a lame, that's why you're not used to this game. And if you looking for me, I'll be first class on the plane. What is uh one of your Best memories, Olympics 2012. You won the gold, right? Yeah, that I didn't even know what that was about at the time. You're a gold medalist, you know that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I'm a gold medalist. A good memory for me was probably just like so many different countries in one place. Like I'm a party man. You know, I wanted to throw a party and invite, you know, the the Jamaican girls, the Swedish <laughs> girls, like so I mean, like all these different countries in one playing field. I was just, my eyes were just like, I just like, wow, this is amazing. I got to do this boxing thing. So there's one picture of us, yeah, at the Olympics. So we've got the opening ceremony. And it's funny because, you know, when it's like horse riding, you can see everyone just like waving, you know, and then it comes to boxing and we're all like, boop, 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 boop. Then they're like, on Twitter, they're like, you lot are a disgrace to me, bro. I've got the picture, like, you can see us all running up to the camera doing gum fingers, but it's just like young kids boxing. We don't get like funding and stuff like that. We don't get support and stuff like that. So it's like just young kids that have come from a, a small little boxing club that have gone to the world. And it's, it was in London at the time as well. So it's just like a perfect story. So that was a great time, the opening ceremony for the Olympics. What is uh, the athlete's village like? Is it like what we hear? Because, you know, the the rumors are, it's like, you know, young kids, eight, 18. Well, uh, I don't know about any of that, uh, you know. <laughs> the, the, the annoying thing, right, was I had to, uh, I boxed the last day oh. of the Olympics. So oh, my whole Olympics. You could do nothing. I knew people that, like, it was like two weeks. And on the third day, they had gold medal done walking around. 
loving life and I'm still there like doing physio and running I was just like oh man you know yo, had yeah. to keep, yo as I say you had to keep a full clip you yeah. had to stay focused <laughs> yeah I had to stay focused so. <laughs> to that stay was annoying focused. but um, you know all for the love of boxing eh yeah nah all was, for the love I of mean boxing. but that show's focus yeah you had to I had to um, so you were walking around the athletes' village listening to Lil Kiki I'm a G. That's Ooh, what was going on. Wait, we that's were, what was going wait, on. We, we were listening to that before the Olympics, but that's the stuff that separated me from the rest. I wasn't an athlete. Mm. I wasn't this polished kid from a young age right. that was groomed to be a sportsman. I was still a bit rough around the edges, do you know what I mean? And I think that's what got me through. A lot of these kids have been in the Olympic system. They're, they're media trained. They're polished. They're um, technical, but I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to go in there and give them that energy. That's the only way I could get through these guys because technically I can't match up to them. But passion and desire is the only thing that defies God's law. And um, that's what got me through in uh, in all of my amateur career. Lord have mercy, mama done raised the real thug. Me and my daddy cool, but he showed me tough love. 15, I was ass side getting grown. By this time, my old man had to move on. Hey, hey, hey. Real radio in the building. WR and all you. That's right. Hey, hey. Real radio. Take me to that Klitschko fight. The Klitschko that Klitschko fight. Yeah. fight I mean, him and his brother held on to those belts for I don't know how long. I fought him in, what, 2017, I think? Yeah. So 14 was my whole year as a pro. Then 16, heavyweight champion, trip of the world. I don't know what's going on. I'm now fighting for the heavyweight championship of the world. Everything happened so quick, but I got to swim deep. And I was supposed to fight Klitschko in my 18th fight. This is like one of the world's greatest heavyweights that we've ever seen. He got injured, had to pull out. So I fight Eric Molina. And then next, now I'm fighting at Wembley Stadium in front of him. I'm just this kid from Finch ABC that has now have to step up to the plate. So you're in the ring with Klitschko. The guy's strong, technically sound. So it's like the raw, young lion against the old, experienced lion of the jungle. And it just married up to be one of the greatest fights of... Um, of that year, it was he just knocked, so. He, and and what was what round was that? Five or six? He knocks you on your butt. I slipped. So I have. Oh, you going with the slip? You going yeah. with the slip? So I must have slipped, right? So there was some war. <laughs> there was some war in the corner. That's what we got tell. you. So you see when the young kids come up, they'll be like, "Nah, he slipped. He slipped." I heard him say on an interview, so I'm gonna keep on sticking with that. <laughs> this is my time for some clout. <laughs> However, though, nah, he hit me hard. But they say if you land on your back. That means you can look up. You know what I'm saying? So make sure you get up. So I landed on my back and I'm looking up and that means that I can get up. So um, it was a great, great experience and I managed to win. He kind of handed the torch over that night and after that fight, he retired and I'll always hold his name in high regard because when I came into boxing, he's someone I took inspiration from in terms of educating myself, boxing well, speaking well, etc. He was a, a role model before he even knew about me. At the Klitschko fight, this was your walk-on music, Scraps. They ain't ready. Mm. So I always believe in supporting grassroots talents. Scraps, I believe, is one of the coldest, which means the hottest, dope, the, <laughs> the dopest, dopest yeah, yeah. Uh, artist in the UK. He went to school with my cousin as well, so he's not too far away. So he's not like a, a celebrity or an artist that I can't reach. And um, 
he supported me and I've been a supporter of his from the grassroots. So it's a way of putting them, I feel like, on a platform that I've created that hopefully is bigger than what they already do. So I had done one with Stormzy in 2015 and 2017, this was my chance to pay homage to someone like Scraps. But I'm always stepping in designer clothes. See my shoes, can't be talking about what I do. I'm in the trap with a bag of holes. And I'm looking at my bag thinking everything's got a go. And now I'm talking on the telephone. Got me sounding like Skeppy come saying boy better know That a boy better have my dough And when I tell a boy come to the spot boy better show I'm gonna bring my with me anywhere I go And every day I let a cannabis and blow And every day a telling me I'm dope Every day I tell him I'm me something that I didn't know Talk me through cause at this stage of your career mm. You've had to like when you're at the Olympics you couldn't see all the beautiful things happening out there. Olympic mm-hmm, Village, you had mm-hmm. to sacrifice. You had yeah. to stay focused, right? Yeah. Um, but even, I'm sure, in your personal life, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Traveling, yeah. Uh, going on vacations. Relationships. Relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me, um, what do you think is some of your biggest sacrifices? If you were to really stop and think moments in time where you had to go, you know what? I, I, I know all of you want me to go left, but I got to go right. I got to do this. Properly. Everything. Everything. My whole my whole boxing career. But... um. Your your close friends and your family sometimes. Not everyone's going to see your vision at the current time because it's, it's a marathon. That's what we spoke about earlier. It's the long run. So what we have to do is um, somehow fulfill that vision so your time and sacrifices aren't in vain. So that's why my goal was never to, you know, have like 10 Bentleys, 100 Ferraris, etc. because the vision is to uplift First, my family, and then secondly, the community. So that's important to me. So that was a sacrifice at the time when no one really understood what my vision was. And it looked like it was all in vain because social media shows the good times. Do you know what I mean? So um, everyone looks like you're having fun. But really, behind closed doors, you know, when I get back home, I've got to go and I've got more work to do. Got to continue my training, stretching. I've got to read. I've got to prep for tomorrow. It's not first world problems, but... They're, they're sacrifice. sacrifices that need yeah. to be put in place in order to make the most out of tomorrow. You have to fight to maintain during this process. You have to fight to maintain your focus. Yeah. yeah. And is that why you picked Femi Kuti, fight to win? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because and it's not just the fight in the ring. It's the fight nah. of sacrifice and fighting against distractions. Yeah, and also, when you fight for the people and you have a vision to help less fortunate and fight against oppression. It needs a level of education. So before I speak on these subjects, I'm going through a process at the minute where I started reading again and studying. But he told me, Femi Kuti said, you have to fight for the people. When you fight for self, you're not fighting for a cause. Man's desire is limited. But when you fight for the oppressed, he goes, you'll fight with a different kind of passion. And... um when I was listening to his music, this song came on and the fight to win is for all of us. And that's what being a people's champ's about. There is suffering in the streets, in the streets. Our leaders say, let it be, let it be. We the people don't agree. For this suffering, there is no need. 
But they'll wait until there's a revolution Revolution everywhere Burning of property More homeless people lying in the streets Alright, so we're gonna get into this Stormzy This is your last song Yeah Shut up Yeah, or everybody shut up <laughs> Even everyone doubted Stormzy That's how he became so successful He... He wanted to get signed and realised he was struggling. So what he done, he went in his local parks, gathered all of his friends and just used to rap over, let's say, a Jay-Z or a Jadakiss beat and come up with his own flow. Started getting loads of hits on YouTube, made the Stormzy Shut Up track, which got worldwide attention. And um, I got him on the old uh, boxing show and uh, I'll take a bit of claim to his success. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that thirty percent invoice is coming in as well. Sounds good. You get money now. You, get money. you got Banksy no, custom art. <laughs> That's for sure. So, is this song a dedication to the doubters? Yeah, man. Because what at the time I was fighting a guy, um, Dillian White. He's South, South London. I'm North London. So it was like the divide in London in the boxing industry. He beat me when we were kids. There's more stories behind it, but um. He just beat me when we were kids now. This is us as men, as professionals now, coming toe-to-toe. And uh, I wanted a song that can connect to the to the grassroots. So I was thinking, what can I do? What can I do? So I rang Storms. I was like, yo, can you do this tune for me? Out here in the UK, you guys had, hadn't really had that moment, right? No, like we, we had did. We had Pac and Tyson and we had all that yeah, in North America. Y'all yeah, never had yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, where the black men, this the champions of yeah. all forms of art and athletics really got to shine. Stormzy, Dylan White, South London, Northwest London. It's a great time to show that we're not only just dumb athletes, we're well-educated young men who are coming through the business to not take part, but to take over. Anthony Joshua, thank you for your time today, man. Thank I appreciate you, you man. Brother. It was a pleasure meeting you. Big respect. Pleasure meeting you as well. Yeah, man. Got my respect way before today. So when I walked in, I saw you. I was like to my cousin, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's great so, to yeah. meet you, bro. And respect. I respect what you do. And I, I learned a lot today. For real? I learned a lot. You Thank know, because we don't, we don't hear your full story. But at, at the same time, as I said to you earlier, I'm not here forever. No one lasts forever. So... You know, I'm content. I don't expect everyone to know about my story. But as long as I'm content when I'm sitting back and there's someone else shining brighter than me, I've got no hatred in my heart. So I'm just staying in my lane, creating my own legacy. And um, hopefully people like you will spread my message to, to sure. people that haven't heard about it before. Man, Chelsea's better than me. Tell my man, shut up. Shut up. Mention my name in your tweets. I rule by shut up. Shut up. Better than me? Shut up. Shut up. Best in the scene. Tell my man, yo, yo, cop man, call me a backup dancer. On stage of the Brits, I'm a backup dancer. If that makes me a backup dancer, the man in your vids, the man in your pics. Man, wanna chat about backup dancer. Big man like me with a beard, I'm a big man, I don't f- can I. Oh, Songs for life.